0: Hey Chloe.
1: Hey Ralph, how are you going?
0: Yeah, I'm awesome. How are you?
1: <laughs> I'm so good. Seriously, I guess so. Pumped by the uh, by the intro music. Have a little have a little boogie along.
0: Yeah. Did you know that's that's uh, me playing bass on that track?
1: Well, I did wonder that. Yeah. That's really cool.
0: Yeah, and a couple of friends of mine playing.
1: Yeah. you're yeah, right. That's awesome. When did you? Re- ah okay that's really yeah. cool no i love it it's super groovy is there more to it is it a whole oh, yeah. song
0: yeah it's a 10 minute odyssey no i, I can't remember how long it is like <laughs> three or four minutes um,
1: <laughs> i feel like we would you know i'm pretty sure i know i would like to hear the whole thing well, maybe you one need day to, one day you will yeah, yeah okay 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 awesome
0: uh so wow. um, yeah do you know what i want to talk about today
1: what do you want to talk about
0: nonsensical cues
1: Nonsensical cues. One of my favourite things to talk about. I've got <laughs> a lot of favourite things to talk about. <laughs> but it's one that I talk about a lot with my students. So this is fun.
0: Yeah. Well, have you got any favourites? Nonsensical cues? Oh, yes.
1: <laughs> I sure do. Okay. You want me to just rattle some of my faves Yeah, off? yeah.
0: What, what's your all-time okay. top five nonsensical cues?
1: Oh, top five. Engage your abs in any sort of backbend.
0: Oh, yeah. Love that one. Mm-hmm. On that one. I could that's do a to, plank, but yeah. engage. engage <laughs> that's got to be one of my favorites.
1: <laughs> so we're going to list them and then we're going to then we're yeah. going to talk about them, yeah. right? So engage your abs in a back bend, uh, vertebra by vertebra. Uh, we know that. That's a trigger word for me, vertebra by vertebra. <laughs> or as most say, vertebrae by vertebrae, mm. <laughs> which <laughs> annoys me even more. Um, <laughs> shoulders down when you're lifting your arms. Mm. Better keep those shoulders down because that makes a lot of sense. Um, I've got more. Um, uh, shoulders down too when you're doing any sort of thoracic flexion, so any sort of C curve, shoulders down your back. Yeah, what? I mean, um, we, could, and do, we I, could do
0: like a whole podcast on just nonsensical shoulder cues. What, we are, could. what about shoulders back whilst you're doing a push up?
1: You know, oh, yeah, what about tabletop legs? Love to talk about tabletop Is legs. Is
0: that nonsensical? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I don't.
1: You don't want me to put in the nonsensical. Well, I, can I? I don't, we
0: don't use I, it really. But is it nonsensical? Don't it. I don't think it's oh, nonsensical.
1: Okay. No. Okay. Not nonsensical. It's more. Everyone's taste. now going. Yeah, but now everyone's going to be going. Well, is, why? Why Chloe got a problem with tabletop?
0: Well, legs? So I think maybe I'll address episode, it later. That'll be another <laughs> episode called Cues Chloe's Got a Problem with <laughs> Vertebrae by Vertebrae and Tabletop Legs." <laughs> All right. What's your next nonsensical cue?
1: <laughs> oh. Well, <laughs> Well, I guess, are we going to pop in? I don't know if this goes into the realm of nonsensical or this just goes into the realm of just fear-based inaccuracy such as don't let your knees go over your toes.
0: Yeah, we no, putting that in here? I think that's the latter. I don't think it's non, I don't, like, not nonsensical. Like okay, nonsensical in my it's another mind realm. is okay. like basically self-contradictory. You know, it's like uh, you yep, know, yep, bend, yep, yep, bend yep. forward to bend backward sort of thing, you know?
1: Yeah, okay. Okay, well, I've probably listed my, my top ones that that my gears. What have you got?
0: Uh don't use your quads in a lunge.
1: Oh. oh, don't use your hip flexors in tabletop legs. do use your hip flexors. I put it together.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I think I we're past determined. five. Um, yeah. All right. So, I, you know, I don't know if we can talk about all of those, um, but uh, shall we start with the abs and the back bend?
1: Yeah, let's start with the abs and the backbend.
0: Oh, God. Should, should we
1: say? Should we say? Like, should I look? I'm not going to name names. Don't worry, I'm not going to name names. But I, I, <laughs> I remember a pivotal time with my sort of the where I was. My frustration levels were getting at a very heightened with this cue, and we'll we'll explain why. Why mechanically it's outrageous, but I remember a, a very, um, very well known uh, Pilates educator putting out a specific video on not using Mm. your abs, oh, sorry, using your abs, sorry, whilst doing a backbend, say, for instance, Swan, and this person was in effect, yeah, yeah, and I'm not going to name and shame, but I did send it to you, didn't I, because I was just like, oh, my mind's a bit blown here, can we chat about it? (laughs) Um, Because basically what was happening is this person was, in effect, doing a plank, like they were, pushing off the ground with their arms. But if you're going to keep your abs tight whilst doing that, you aren't going to be able to get into a backbend. It's that simple. So you're asking me to do a backbend, but then you're telling me really to do a plank. So let's have a talk about, I reckon, you know – biomechanics of it, so I think for a lot of people, it's really interesting when you find out the the majority of the extension in our spine actually comes from our lumbar.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Something like, and I, uh, uh, you know, there's there's pretty do- good research on this where they uh, they do studies where they basically get uh, volunteers to, uh, you know, do back bends and forward bends and stand straight in an, an X-ray machine, and then they you know they put mar- you know markers on their like stick. Lead thumbtacks basically into their vertebrae and measure how far they move, or they measure the Mm -hmm. x ray photos, or they stick uh, reflective markers on people's spines at very particular points and get them to move and measure the the angles. And so, you know, it's, it's quite well documented, you know, the average range of motion in a human spine at different regions. And uh, the lumbar and lower thoracic spine um, is, you know, way more mobile than the middle and upper thoracic. And basically, even the lumbar is way more mobile than the lower thoracic. And some, you know, I don't know the exact percentage, but um, you know, the lumbar spine in the, in the average, you know, adult human has, you know, somewhere around, um, you know, 70 or 80 degrees of extension. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas the thoracic and if that's the, from neutral, right. So if you then add like the lumbar spine going from full flexion to full extension, you've got like, uh, you know, 90 or a hundred degrees, you know, easily in the average mm-hmm. person. Um, whereas the, the thoracic spine, you know, as a whole, you know, tends to have way less than that. Um, you know, something like on the order of, you know, 10 or 20 degrees, you know, total range from full flexion to full extension, basically. Mm-hmm. So, so basically, if you look at someone, like if you, if you take an x-ray from the side view of someone doing a fully, full spinal flexion, and then the same person doing the full spinal extension, like their thoracic spine is basically in the same position, you know, like it's, it's not different. Um, and particularly yep. at the upper thoracic is like less than 10 degrees of extension in the whole, you know six vertebrae. So it's basically, it basically doesn't move. So when you do a backbend, like, you know, I think, you know, you and I were both trained originally in Stott Pilates, which is, a, you know, quite contemporary system of Pilates. Um, and that, we you know, we were both sort of brought up on the mantra of, uh, you know, use your low abs, in particular your transversus abdominis, you know, um, to quote, protect your low back, stabilise mm. and, and protect your low back.
1: stabilise that spine.
0: Um, and uh, that, you know, therefore, and, you know, that there was this kind of implication. There was never, I don't know if it was ever said explicitly, but it was always implicit that, you know, backbending is, is a bit dangerous. And therefore, you know, in backbending you have to, you know, gently engage your lower abdominals, draw your belly button to your spine. You have to say it in the special voice as well. Um, draw your belly button to yes, your spine. It <laughs> you, helps. Don't, it you helps. Have, don't it you helps. have to say it. Yeah, it helps if you say it in a special yeah. voice. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, draw your belly button to your spine and all of that kind of stuff um, to, quote, protect your low back. Um, mm. And that just does not make sense for the reasons that you said, which is that the abdominals are spinal flexors. You know, they flex the spine. So, mm-hmm. if, you know, if you, if you, Engage, recruit, activate—you know, turn on whatever you, whatever word mm. you want to use. Your abs mm-hmm. they exert a flexion force on the spine, you know, mm. and then you're trying to do a backbend, which is an extension force, which is exact, exact diametrically mm. opposed movement. So it's literally the same as driving with the handbrake on in the car, you know. It's like, mm-hmm. So how, mm-hmm. how, so so all you're going to get when you activate abs in a backbend is a smaller backbend. You
1: know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) so it's so it's not only nonsensical. There's also tied into cues like this. It's it's the dangers in safety culture. So it's our it's you know, and if you haven't listened to our other podcast uh, on that and around this, you know, this implied sense that something needs to be engaged before something else can be moved um, within the body is uh, whether whether they're saying it's to protect anything or not. um, It's it's implying that if you don't. The consequences may be that you hurt yourself, right? And and I think that I think that with this, I, I really like this using this example for a nonsensical cue, because it's a really easy one for you to you know to experiment with in your own body. So what I would suggest now, if you're if you're listening to this and you're thinking, ah oh, ah oh, ah, oh, jump down on the floor, lay on your tummy, put your hands out in front of you, and then push yourself up but really really grip your abs like really you know oh, hold them. yeah and and you'll see how you how you lift, right and there's there's relatively little to no back bend and then come down and then just let let your tummy totally relax like let it go soft pop your hands there again on the floor and just just let yourself push yourself up into a back bend just let let the tummy relax and notice the difference, and also the ease in the movement. The movement itself becomes more more fluid.
0: But you know what? um you know what like a lot of people might be thinking when mm-hmm. when you say that is like, yeah, but you know I don't tell people to like grip the shit out of their abs when they're doing a back I tell them to. Gently activate their abs, you know, just a little bit, 25% of maximum volume voluntary contraction, you know. So, um.
1: Well, what is, well, well, then we're getting, well, then, then we're going down the rabbit hole of, you know, internal cues and the ineffectiveness of that. And, and does your client really know what the hell 25% of an engagement is and,
0: do you know what I mean? It's like... Well, I would, I mean, I agree with you on that, but I would just say, like, it's still nonsensical, right? So if you, if you like, when you do a backbend, you know, when you extend your spine, you stretch all the muscles on the front side of your body. You know, they must lengthen. Um, mm-hmm.
1: uh,
0: and in order to lengthen, <laughs> a muscle must relax. <laughs> um, mm. um, so, you know, to the degree that you activate your abs. You know, if you activate them 100%, you're going to probably get a 100% reduction in your backbend. If you mm-hmm. activate them 25%, you'll probably only get a 25% reduction mm-hmm. in your backbend, but mm-hmm. you'll still get a reduction in your backbend. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't drive in first gear and reverse at the same time and expect to go mm. forwards at the same speed.
1: Great analogy. So what about then the, you know, and I'm, you know, thinking about you know what people might be thinking as they're they're listening as well, and you know that when I'm like, oh, just push yourself up into the full back bend, well then, then I'm hearing that other that other which I also think is nonsensical thing that comes in where it's like, oh, don't dump into your lumbar spine, don't dump into your lower back. Don't jump into your lower back. Oh, don't hyperextend your lower back. What does that even mean?
0: Well, hyperextend literally just means when you extend beyond the neutral position. So, uh, you know, when you're standing upright, that's neutral. Or when you're Uh lying on your tummy, you're probably roughly kind of sort of neutral. So basically, as soon as you, you know, lift your sternum, you know, one millimeter off the floor in a back bend, you're in hyperextension. Or as soon as you, you know, standing up, you look up at the ceiling you know, you're in hyperextension. So basically hyperextension just means, you know, hyper is just more than, and so it's just basically beyond extension, beyond neutral. Um, So that, and that is, that is a very normal movement for the low back. And as, you know, as we said Mm -hmm. at the start, like the low back, uh, the lumbar spine has, you know, roughly 60 or 70 degrees of extension beyond neutral um, in the average adult human, Um, you know. Asterisks, you know, your results may vary. Some people have more, some people have less. But you know, if you averaged out over the population, that's about that's about what you find. Um, and so like well but and the thoracic has virtually none. So if if you are in a backbend that people can actually, you know, see and recognize as a backbend, that's happening in your lumbar spine. Like that is the place that backs bend, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so saying, like, don't quote dump into your lum- low back, or don't hinge in your low back, or don't mm-hmm. blah blah blah. It's like, mm-hmm. well, that's where you fucking bend. You know, mm-hmm. that, <laughs> it's like saying, don't, you know, like squat, but don't bend your knees. You know, it's like yeah. that's where you fucking squat. You know, that's yeah. what a squat yeah. is. That's yeah. what a back bend is. It's bending your back. Don't you
1: think that notion of hyperextension? You know, when you're when you're when you're describing it there as it, it literally just means, will extension, don't you think the word hyper has become that's a bad readily word. pathologized? Yeah. 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 That, I think that's what I'm getting at. Like it, I feel like, you know, every, I see every second post on Instagram, oh, don't hyperextend this, don't hyperextend that, don't hyper, and it's like,
0: Let's do it. Let's do a different. Let's do a different episode on hyperextension. Okay,
1: okay, okay. I'm going down a hyperextension yeah. rabbit hole. So all um, right.
0: So do, all right. So, so don't activate your abs in the back. So activate your abs in a back bend. Nah, don't. Like if you want to get a, more of a back bend, turn yeah. off your abs. Like you know. Yeah. The, like
1: if you if you're wanting to do something like high bridge on the on the reformer, the
0: you're gonna m- want the more you can turn off your abs, your abs, the, abs the better on you'll stretch, do. Yeah. yeah. The more you can turn off your <laughs> like, abs, the better your high bridge is going to be.
1: Yeah. So I. Uh, yeah. All
0: right. Yeah. What What was the next okay. one again? Um, Activate um, your abs in a backbend. What else we got? V-
1: vertebra by vertebra.
0: Okay. What's the problem with that one?
1: Well, is can we literally move our spine vertebra by vertebra?
0: Uh, well, I mean, From I don't know. But uh, th- we do have like so. All right. So your abs. Uh, don't have that kind of fine grade control. So your rectus abdominis goes from your T5 level to your symphysis pubis, so basically from mm-hmm. sort of like the middle of your sternum to mm-hmm. your pubic symphysis. So basically all your rectus abdominis can do is like pull those two points closer to each other. So you can't say, so go, oh, I'm going to flex my upper lumbar and not my lower lumbar or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so the rectus abdominis can't do it. The obliques uh, go from your ribs to your abdominal aponeurosis. uh Roughly from T5, but they do have attachments to uh, individual ribs, particularly the external obliques. So, mm-hmm. you know, potentially could pull, but then you think about it well, no, the rib cage is kind of attached as a unit. So, if you kind mm-hmm. of pull, pull on some part of the rib cage, like the whole darn thing, you know, tends to move, you know. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know to what extent uh, the obliques could exert an, a force on an individual vertebra. Um, mm-hmm. I doubt that they could do much uh, in that way. Just from the anatomy, um, you do have some spinal muscles, though. That some deep spinal muscles that span. Uh, so your erector spinae, um, your spinalis, your mm-hmm. uh, longissimus, your uh, iliocostalis. So three muscles that form the erector spinae group on your back. Um, mm-hmm. They are divided into lumbar, lower thoracic, upper thoracic, and cervical. So they're kind of some fibers that span the lumbar spine. There's a different set of fibers that span the lower thoracic, the upper thoracic, and the cervical. So, you know, like in theory, those erector spinae could extend your, you know, lumbar without extending your lower thoracic, for example, or extend your lower thoracic Mm -hmm. without extending your lumbar or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. Or they could control flexion of your lower thoracic without controlling flexion of your lumbar. You know, like you have separate fibers that can do that. Uh, and then you but you know it's like it would control the lower thoracic as a unit you know so those fibers span like six or seven vertebrae you know mm-hmm. they, they don't have attachments to each of those vertebrae they sort of just go from one end to the other end as a as a, a unit then you've got the mm-hmm. deeper muscles of the lum- of the of the spine of the extensors so you've got like your multifidus uh, and multifidus uh, actually you know I don't know if many people know this about multifidus people think of multifidus as a, like a deep you know, stabilise a muscle of the vertebrae mm-hmm. and it does segmental stabilisation is what I was taught went back when I was mm-hmm. a kid. Um, but I don't think that's actually an accurate description because the fibres of uh-huh. multifidus, uh, you know, span three vertebrae. So they go from, say, your L1 to your L4, you know, from your L2 to your L5. So they don't go from one vertebrae to the next one. They go, they go They go from one, skip two, and then go to the, the third one, um, so it goes from say the the spinous process of your L one to the transverse processes of your L four. So so you know you you can span you know you can control the relationship between your L one and your L four there. And of course, if you extend your L one and your L four, it's going to also extend your L two and your L three. Uh-huh. You know. Um, and so, you know, so that's multifidus, um, you know, it gives us a little bit more fine grained control, you know, compared to the erector spinae, which span like six or seven vertebrae, whereas the, the multifidus span three. Um, and then you've got the deeper muscles like the rotatoris and the intertransversary and stuff, but like no one's really sure what they do. You know, so if you read anatomy textbooks and you read like rotatoris and whatever, they're like, yeah, uh, function, you know, uncertain basically is what they nice. say. Wow. With, with those ones. So, um, you know, so I think, you know, is it uh, the, the transversus abdominis um, does have insertions through the lumbodorsal fascia at the back of the body, uh-huh. um, are the deepest layer of abdominals into individual transverse processes um, in the lumbar spine. Um, and so, there you know, you could make an argument that transverse abdominis, you know, can. Uh, you know, it can't flex or extend really. Um, but it could, you know, hold still, you know, in principle, um, you know, one vertebra. Um, but I mean that's getting like extremely oh. fine, you know, fine grained. Um,
1: <laughs> You're blowing my mind a bit here. I'm like, oh, am I, and, and, I'm potentially wrong about this. Could could I and i was, could I sit here and move my vertebra one at a time? I think well, I
0: and, think not. And and then you have your psoas on the front of the spine. Um, which uh, originates from the T12 um, and then... The the the
1: emotional hip flexor.
0: Correct. (laughs) Um, And then the the L1 to... 5, I think, or 1 to 5 or 1 to 4. I can't remember if it's on the 05. But anyway, it's on the basically- I, remember,
1: I can't believe you remember all of this stuff anyway. You're not reading this, are you? You no. just remember this.
0: Yeah, like, Well, I teach it for a Woo! living, you know, so, yeah, um, so that helps yeah. me remember.
1: Hey, guys, and for those that are sitting there thinking, wait, Chloe, doesn't Chloe teach a breathe education too? Raph teaches the anatomy courses, just yeah. FYI.
0: <laughs> I like anatomy. Um, yeah, so your psoas does have uh, attachments to individual vertebrae and the intervertebral discs all through your lumbar spine. So, you know, in principle could mm-hmm. you know, affect, you know, the upper lumbar spine differently to the lower lumbar spine. Uh, you know, in in a neutral hip, the size is more of an extensor of the, of the upper lumbar and a flexor of the lower lumbar just because of the lumbar curve. Um, but, you know, it's like, and so I guess if you had an extremely, you know, but we do see people roll up, you know, very smoothly. Like there's a guy I see on Instagram sometimes, Maximilian Storr. He's like an Italian, he's an Italian Pilates guy. He's awesome. And I see him do, he's got beautiful spinal articulation, you know, like he just moves like a, you know, honey honey bean poured out of a jar sort of thing. Um, And so I don't know, like he's moving very smoothly and you probably, if you slow mode his videos, you could watch him and go, okay, there's his L5, there's his L4, there's his L3. You know, you can see them, you know, you could see each one tracking on and off the mat. But, you know, does does that mean he's controlling them individually? Like does he have the does he have the ability, you know, like if you got him in a cat in an all four position and said, Okay, flex your L five but not your L four, could he do that? I doubt that he could. I doubt it's I doubt it's physically possible.
1: Okay, so so <laughs> what are we concluding here? Maximilian
0: stores awesome.
1: Okay, he's awesome. Jean Claude Nelson, also awesome, yep. can move moves like moves like smooth honey as well. Um, <laughs> but in regards to the cue, are we okay? So on our nonsensical list, mm-hmm. does does vertebra by vertebra get to go on the sensical list uh, as opposed to the non?
0: Well, I think you know if you if you I mean where I hear people use that cue a lot is in something like a roll up, you know. Um, and I think, you know, can you roll off the mat vertebra by vertebra? Yeah, I think, I kind of think you can. I mean, I think I've seen people do it. Um, can you articulate your spine in free, you know, like, but that's just rolling smoothly, right? Um, as opposed to, you know, is it possible to control the movement of individual vertebrae? Right? Is it possible to flex your T11 but not your T12, you know. Hmm. I don't think that's possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Does, what do you think? Where do we land on that one? Where does it leave oh. us?
1: Well, you know, you've blown my mind a little. You've you've given me you've given me some food for thought. the The very bottom line is, I won't be using it as a cue because it's an internal cue, mm. and we know from motor learning that. External cues are exponentially mm. more effective than internal cues. Mm. So, I uh, and I don't think we've done an episode yet on nah. motor learning. We'll do nah. we'll do an episode on motor learning for you guys, because um, you'll really really dig it. So, in regards to whether I'm going to be using that cue, I'm not. Um, but it is interesting to think about. You you know I've enjoyed the the little walk through walk through the anatomy. I've enjoyed that.
0: Okay. Do we have another one? Yeah,
1: well, let's do another one. Oh, shoulders. Shoulders, shoulders, shoulders. Shoulders, shoulders. Stabilize
0: your shoulders shoulders down down. and back.
1: Shoulders down and back. Like, shoulders down and back. What a restrictive movement. Mm -hmm. And and I do wonder whether this originated, because I hear it a lot more um, from those that trained under dancers, yeah, or with you know thing. the, the, the elders thing. that were dancers, it's a thing. and yeah, yeah like I, I hear that a lot from the Romana crowd, et cetera. Yeah. So I do think it's come from an aesthetic.
0: Yeah, but, um, but a lot of uh, Pilates trainers, and I think a lot of fitness trainers, and I'm ashamed to say, I read it in the American Council on Exercise uh, textbook. They have no. like as a, you know, quote, stabilize your shoulders, you know, down no. and back. And it's like, no, dude, no. it's like you don't even know no. the basic anatomy of the shoulder girdle. If you say no, that. no, 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 no. Um, so
1: I think you know, with all these, when we're talking about where of cues come from and why do people say, you know, vertebra by vertebra and this, and why do people say shoulders down? This, well, there's a lot of a lot of parroting of cueing going on.
0: Yeah, I reckon it, that's exactly it. It's because you know, we as Pilates instructors feel like a fake. And so, but we hear someone we respect say it. So we're like, oh, I guess that's what, everyone who knows what they're talking about uh-huh. is saying. So I guess I better say it. So I start uh-huh. yelling it out. And then you come to my class and hear me yelling it out. And you're like, oh, well, uh-huh. refuse used that cue, so I'm going to use uh-huh. it. And then well, before you know, everyone's that's doing Pilates.
1: it. Well, that's Pilates. That's Pilates. If I get told to put my shoulders down and back with every single movement I do, that's Pilates. If I get yeah. told to move vertebra by vertebra, that's Pilates. Like, it, I, I agree. Like, there is an, – an, an, and I see that a lot too and you've got with, to wear with your, newer
0: – You've got to wear a certain aesthetic, you know, like your, your, your leggings and crop top. <laughs> I've got a you know, match in a certain color yeah. range. And, um, but
1: I guess I, I reckon we need to. I reckon we need to talk about why why this is a nonsensical cue. This shoulder one, and and the reason I want to talk about it too is I do encourage everyone that's listening, if you are saying these cues, to start thinking critically about it. Mm. You know, and start thinking the why as opposed to the habit of parroting. Mm. So yeah, can you talk to me about? shoulders
0: right. Yeah, well, you know, well, as you raise your sh- as you raise your arm up, you know, you flex your shoulder, you know, the arm uh-huh. comes up forwards in front of the body, or you abduct your shoulder, the arm comes up to the mm-hmm. side of the body. Like either way, um, you know, it's uh, you know, people have individual movement patterns and no one's going to move identically to anyone else, but the general gist of how people move, you know, overall is as your arm lifts up, guess what your shoulder blade does? It lifts up also, and it also mm-hmm. tilts backwards and rotates up you know upwardly rotate so there's there's a there's a a pattern of movement that you know everyone follows a similar similar sequence um for different people you know the each part of the sequence happens at a different stage you know like some people's um normally like when your arm starts by your side And you start to raise your arm up, like the first 60 or 70 degrees, like your shoulder blade doesn't really move much for most people. Mm -hmm. But, you know, for some people it's 45 degrees where it starts to move. For some people it's 60 degrees where it starts to move. For some people it's 70 degrees where it starts to move. So there's no like one correct place where it should start to move. But, you know, roughly kind of sort of, you know, 60 degrees, like when your arm, you know, if you lift your arm forwards, basically when your hand's at kind of like belly button height, you know, ish. Mm That's roughly when your shoulder blade start to starts to move, you know, and your results may be a little bit different, but basically, you know, roughly kind of sort of there, and and as your shoulder blade starts to move, what happens is it lifts up, it slides up your back, and at the same time it tilts backwards, and at the same time it rotates so that the glenoid fossa, the shoulder socket faces more superiorly more upwards so it does a combination of elevation posterior tilt and upwards rotation so it's one kind of smooth movement but basically i mean if you just you know don't think about how to lift your arm up just lift Mm -hmm. your arm up what happens to your Mm -hmm. shoulder it goes fucking up you know it's like you know just try it see what happens (laughs) watch watch kids you know lifting their arms up they don't think they're not thinking about it you know their shoulders go up and um, why wouldn't yeah. we
1: want them to lift? Like, and it, the, it, it, all it can come down to is it's, it's for an, an aesthetic yeah. reason.
0: And then there's those. Well, I think there's also the bad muscles, the upper traps. We don't want them working, you know. the
1: Oh lower traps yeah, the them good them and bad working. muscles. There's a, there's another potty episode on that one. <laughs> Go back and listen to that oh, one, guys. That's oh. a goodie. Um. And, <laughs> right, and also, okay. just as
0: just as a like a final little, you know, full stop on that one. You know, a lot of people don't really know the anatomy of the rhomboids. You know, most people know that the rhomboids squeeze your shoulders back. Mm -hmm. Um, But I I don't think a lot of people know that the rhomboids, the fibres of the rhomboids run superiorly. So they run from the scapular medial border, you know, from the medial border of the scapula. They Mm -hmm. run inwards and upwards. You know, they run diagonally upwards to Mm -hmm. the spinous processes. So when the rhomboids... uh, Contract. They pull the scapulae in and up, uh-huh. right. So if you squeeze your shoulders back, actually, you know, don't think of squeezing them up or squeezing them down. Just think of squeezing them back. Well, yeah, what happens is ele-
1: it elevates. They yeah. elevate
0: because the fibers of yeah. rhomboids, you know, exert an elevation moment. You know, they they pull the scapulae up as well as in. Mm-hmm. That's their action. That's their line of pull. And just go and look it up on Google. Type in rhomboids and then go to images, and you'll see like. They, they run superiorly so when you activate your rhomboids they elevate your scapulae. Mm-hmm. yeah
1: mm-hmm. yep ah. so i I definitely think that's a cue that just needs to that one yeah. needs to die I think that's a nonsensical
0: yeah yeah
1: you know and I get it and we're not and we're not talking about in dance class and whatnot and where you're trying to create lines or you know if in the tango you you know yeah. creating a certain line or all of those I, I, I get it but when we're talking about Pilates and getting people moving, it's a, it's
0: so a what so, so what would you cue for someone's shoulder when you're, I wanted them to lift their arm up, Chloe?
1: <laughs> I'd say lift your arms up. That's oh, it. <laughs> but how do,
0: I know, how do I know what to do with my shoulder blades when I do that?
1: Well, isn't it amazing that the, the human body is so just naturally intelligent that if I'm going to lift my arms, everything else is just going to do its thing. They won't fall off? I don't I don't think they're gonna fall off.
0: Okay. <laughs> uh, well uh, you know, I reckon that was a pretty good chat, short and punchy.
1: Short and punch short and punchy. We we didn't talk about the you're roughing us up already, Raph. <laughs> what about <laughs> I'm like there was more on the list. One more, one more. The don't activate what were you saying? Don't activate the don't activate your quads in a in a
0: lunge. In a lunge? You know, well, people, you know, I don't know. I don't know if instructors say it or if just it's a misconception by clients or something, but you know, you have the classic thing of like people are doing lunges and they're going, oh, I'm feeling this in my quads. I'm
1: feeling you know? this in my quads. <laughs> oh, like, oh no, 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 Raf, I've got it, I've got one, I've got one that I hear all the time and I hear it from teachers a lot. Don't use your quads in footwork
0: on oh, the reformer. Yeah. It's like
1: <laughs> you must only feel you must only feel your butt. You must and if you don't feel your butt in it. But you
0: feel your quads, you're doing it wrong. Mm. Well, no joke. What are the joint actions? That ha- what are the joint actions that happen in footwork, like knee extension Ooh. and hip extension? What muscles extend the knee? The fucking quads, you know. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> like it should be pretty obvious that you know when you when you extend your knee, the quads are doing. It's, it's like there's only one muscle group that does it. It's like the simplest joint in the whole freaking body, you know. <laughs> so. Like, of course you're going to feel it in your quads.
1: Yeah. My quads burn like hell in footwork. And I I
0: love it. (laughs) go Go and just go and look at like, you know, video footage of any athlete, right? Like runners, you know, like sprinters or people who do jumping sports, like high jump and whatever or people strong quads or people who do like olympic weightlifters who do squatting it's like look at their fucking quads you know Mm. they're strong (laughs) like why Mm. are they strong because you need them to extend your knee (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: Uh. Mm. so that's definitely the the don't the don't feel your quads or use your quads in footwork Mm. that Mm. is staying firmly on the nonsensical cues
0: it's nonsensical yeah
1: that's nonsensical to the max
0: yeah yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Good chat. Yeah, that
1: was great. Thanks, Ralph.
0: Okay. <laughs> Bye. After two exercise science degrees and over a decade and a half of reading research daily, I've condensed all the current science on rehab into a program called the Clinical Exercise Specialist. Rehabilitation. Inside the program, I'll teach you to do three things. One, deeply understand how the body works. Two, confidently and expertly rehab literally any client. And three, get results for your clients. So ultimately, your clients tell their friends, and you become known as the go to expert in your area. This is a life-changing program, not some weekend certification. I've put my heart and soul into building this, and I can't wait to share it with you and help you discover your genius for anatomy and rehab. Now, because of the highly interactive nature of this program, we're only taking on 12 students worldwide. The program starts on March the 1st, and the first 12 qualified people to apply will be allowed to enroll. So if you're interested in learning more, click the link in the show notes and download the course guide or go to breathe-education.com and click on the clinical certification menu in our uh, link in the top menu. That's breathe-education.com and click on the clinical certification link in the top menu.